0: Loving Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege of life. We ask, Father, that this life you've given to us shall be consecrated to your service. We pray, Father, that you would speak to us from your word this morning, that the words we will hear shall give us power, shall motivate us to become sons of God. Grant to us the gift of your Spirit, dear Lord, and help us, Lord, to have understanding. Put your words in my mouth, dear Lord, that the words that will be spoken shall be a blessing to everyone who would listen. I pray, Father, that you would help us to this end, that we may become more like our Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. conflict and courage January 25 an open door by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5. When we learn to walk by faith and not by feeling, we shall have help from God, just when we need it, and His peace will come into our hearts. It was this simple life of obedience and trust that Enoch lived. If we learn this lesson of simple trust, ours may be the testimony that he received that he pleased God in every phase of your character building, you are to please God. This you may do, for Enoch pleased him, though living in a degenerate age, and there are Enoch's in this our day. For three hundred years, Enoch had been seeking purity of heart, that he might be in harmony with heaven. For three centuries, he had walked with God. Day by day, he had longed for a closer union. Nearer and nearer had grown the communion until God took him to himself. He had stood at the threshold of the eternal world, only a step between him and the land of the blessed. And now, the portals opened, the walk with God so long pursued on earth, continued, and he passed through the gates of the holy city, the first from among men to enter there. With the word of God in his hands, every human being, wherever his lot in life may be cast, may have such companionship as he shall choose. In its pages, he may hold converse with the noblest and best of the human race and may listen to the voice of the Eternal as he speaks with men. He may dwell in this world, in the atmosphere of heaven, imparting to its sorrowing and tempted ones thoughts of hope and longings for holiness. Like him of old who walked with God, drawing nearer and nearer the threshold of the eternal world, until the portals shall open, and he shall enter there. He will find himself no stranger. The voices that will greet him are the voices of the holy ones, who, unseen, were on earth his companions. Voices that hear he learned to distinguish and to love. He who through the word of God has lived in fellowship with heaven will find himself at home in heaven's companionship. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is An Open Door. Our key text is taken from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5, and it says, By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen. And this is the testimony that we may have about ourselves. That we please God but there is a way to go about it continuing from where we stopped yesterday looking at how to walk with God how it is done we saw six steps on how to walk with God constancy we must be constant and we realize that Ah, uh, I can see for myself if you're like me one of the problems is lack of constancy we are not consistent in following God you're abiding in him today and then you're out of abiding in him tomorrow and if we continue like that we cannot be like enoch we have to be constant we also saw that we must create for ourselves a holy and pure atmosphere in this evil world but we still need to have our own pure atmosphere we also saw that we must live by faith that statement is what we're going to be looking at today what it means to live by faith because our key text tells us that it was by faith that enoch pleased god He lived by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? That's what we'll be talking about. The other three steps we looked at is that Enoch trained and educated his mind to love purity and to love devotion. The natural man doesn't love those things. What Enoch was like that, he didn't love those things, but he trained himself to love purity and devotion. We also saw that he had an evangelistic life. Though living in the pure atmosphere, he was not a hermit. He used to have time to go out into the world and preach the message that God had given him to the people and help to save some souls. And finally, Enoch lived a healthy lifestyle. He ate things that will help his spiritual nature. He lived in a way that will help his spiritual nature. uh, Exposed to the pure air, sunlight, and exercising, sleeping at the right time, eating the plant-based diet trusting in God Uh, these were the things that Enoch did he was a temperate man and like I said today we're going to be looking at faith because that is one of the steps and what does it mean because the Bible simply tells us that Enoch lived by faith and that was how he was able to please God in our devotion for today conflict and courage page 31 paragraph 2 we read when we learn to walk by faith and not by feeling. We shall have help from God just when we need it, and His peace will come into our hearts. Now what does it mean to live by faith? The next statement explains to us, it was this simple life, that's life of faith, but now it is described as a life of obedience and trust. That Enoch lived does it remind you of a song, trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. that is what it means to have faith simply trust and obey trust what and obey what trust the word of God and obey the word of God that is what simple faith is simple faith means to trust God's word don't doubt it a few days ago we looked at that when we were looking at Adam and Eve's experience they distrusted God's love and they distrusted his wisdom and when we looked at Enoch we saw that one of the things it means to walk with God is to, is to trust him, have perfect trust. We discussed what it means to have perfect trust. It means to follow God in joy or in sorrow and then obey him. Many of us find it hard to obey God because we don't trust that obeying him will bring the best results for us. As we read about Enoch, it was his simple life of obedience and trust that he lived. If we learn this lesson of simple trust, ours may be the testimony that he received that he pleased God. So what does it mean to live by faith? Living by faith means that you obey God because you trust him. You have that perfect trust for him. I'll read from the devotion he walked with God that made that statement to us. Uh, Conflict and Courage page 28 paragraph 4. It says, He, Enoch, was of one mind with God. If we are of one mind with God, our will will be swallowed up in God's will and we shall follow wherever God leads the way. As a loving child places his hand in that of the Father and walks with him in perfect trust, whether it is dark or bright so the sons and daughters are to walk with jesus through joy or sorrow and that is what it means to live by faith to walk with god in perfect trust it means that we obey him and do not check the consequences of obedience when we check the consequences we may get afraid oh if i obey god what's gonna to happen to me we looked at it and we saw it was this life of simple trust that Daniel lived. Even when they were going to be thrown into the fire, they were not afraid as Daniel was not afraid and many more Christians who lived in the days of the dark ages, they were thrown into the fire but they trusted God. They were not hesitant. They were not doubting God's love because they were thrown into the fire. We looked at how it was for Jesus, though he walked through the valley of the shadow of death. He still trusted. And so it was with Job. When everything was taken away from Job, Job still trusted God. He said, though he slay me, still will I trust him. And we saw that that is the same life that Enoch lived. It is the same life that Paul lived when they were in prison in simple trust. They were not sorrowing. Him and Silas were singing. And Peter, crucified upside down, was not sorrowing he knew that this is the way the lord has led me and he trusted the lord and he didn't make them to start disobeying god this is what it means to live by faith but we need to delineate what it means to live by faith very well and why is it important to live by faith what is the importance of living by faith you see in the book of habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 the bible tells us that just shall live by his faith In other words, the righteous man will live by faith. He is living by faith. and That is what makes him righteous. In order for us to be just, in order for us to be righteous like Enoch, we must live by faith. And that's why our key text here says the same thing, that it was by faith that Enoch pleased God. He was translated by faith. So we must learn to live by faith, by trusting the word of God and obeying the word of God. You cannot obey the word of God unless you trust it. If God tells you, come, on the sea like he told to Peter if you don't trust him you won't attempt it what do you think it would be like if you are on a boat and I am on another boat and I tell you come walk on the water come and meet me on another boat would you do it? you certainly won't be stupid enough to do it because you don't trust my word but here it is that Peter saw Jesus walking on the sea and as he saw Jesus walking on the sea and he, too, he said master if it is you bid me that I come and Jesus told him come. Why do you think Jesus, uh, Peter attempted that? He wouldn't attempt it if I was the one that told him to walk on the water. He attempted it because he trusted the Word of God. He trusted that the man who had told him to come would also give him the power to walk on the water and as God told him come walk on the water Peter jumped out of the sea and lo and behold a wonderful thing happened a man walked on water those things happen only cartoons today as where well you see it in cartoons it doesn't happen ever it has never happened there are only two people who have walked on water and that's jesus and peter how did peter do it trusting that word that told him come he walked on water simple trust that was a great feat that peter attempted there how can you do that stand on water only because he trusted the word if jesus didn't say come and he went on that water he would sink but he trusted the word that that told him come and peter came out of the water and something wonderful happened a man standing on water it only happened because of simple trust and obedience he did what he was told to do which was to come and he trusted he didn't come out of doubt He trusted and then he came. But as the waves of the sea started to blow and the wind was moving all around him, he stopped trusting. And when he stopped trusting, he sank. And what did Jesus tell him? Jesus held his hand when he shouted, Master, help me. And Jesus asked him, Why did you doubt? You see that? Doubting is the opposite of believing and trusting. When he stopped trusting the word that told him, Come, and looked around him, Thinking that the wind was not going to be, uh, the word was not strong enough to keep him in the wind, he sank. And Jesus asked him the question, Why did you stop trusting? Why did you stop trusting? Can we ask ourselves that question today? Why have we stopped trusting God? Why do people lie? Many times we lie in disobedience to God's word because we don't trust God to handle the situation when we tell the truth. Do you know that that's the reason many of us lie? We have looked at the consequences of telling the truth and we feel, no, 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 I don't want this to happen and then we tell a lie. Why did you tell that lie? Because you didn't trust God to manage the situation after you tell the truth. If we live a life of simple trust and obedience, then we will please God. That was a life that Enoch lived. A lack of trust will cause us to disobey, but when we trust God, we can faithfully and firmly and restingly obey him because we will know that he can handle the situation for us. But let's look at the word of God to understand why faith is important. So why is it important to live by faith? Jesus tells us in the book of John chapter 16 verse 33, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world and he promised us in the book of Revelation chapter 3 reading verse 21 he that overcometh will I grant to sit on my throne even as I also overcame and am set with my father on his throne. He is saying he has overcome John 16 verse 33 and then he's telling us if we overcome like he overcame then we will sit on his throne. So how did Jesus overcome? How does anybody overcome? here is this here's the key to overcoming it is found in the bible first john chapter 5 verse 4 it says whatsoever is born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith hmm. do you see why it is important to live by faith because that's the only way we can overcome the world that was how Jesus overcame. That is how Enoch overcame by faith. And that is why in these last days we are told in Revelation 14 about a people. Revelation 14, verse 12 Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God obedience and have the faith of Jesus. Faith. Two things keeping the commandments, obedience, and then faith. The way to obey is by faith. If we do not have that faith of Jesus, which Enoch had and every faithful Christian has always had, if they must overcome that faith of Jesus, if we don't have it, we cannot obey and keep the commandments of God. Enoch kept the commandments but he kept it by faith yesterday we looked at little examples of what it means to live by faith and today we'll look at further examples but what's more what let's look again at the importance of faith first john 5 verse 4 tells us that the importance is that is the only way to overcome the world that is the only way to overcome the world by faith and that's why we read in review and herald october 18 1898 it says The scripture declares, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. The knowledge of what the scripture means when urging upon us the necessity of cultivating faith is more essential than any other knowledge that can be acquired. We suffer much trouble and grief because of our unbelief and our ignorance of how to exercise faith. We must break through the clouds of unbelief. We cannot have a healthy Christian experience. I can, and I will say, we cannot be like Enoch. We cannot obey the gospel unto salvation. Do you see that? Obedience cannot come until the science of faith is better understood. And until more faith is exercised, there can be no perfection of Christian character you cannot be like Enoch or like Jesus without that faith that works by love and purifies the soul, end of quote this quote is pregnant with a lot of meaning as we saw here we need to ask ourselves the question because we are told that there is no other knowledge better than this knowledge of what it means to acquire faith then what knowledge have you been acquiring when we are told that When the scripture tells us the necessity of cultivating faith, that that knowledge is more essential than any other knowledge, what are you spending your time knowing? Have you known what it means to cultivate faith and to exercise more faith? Do you know that that knowledge is more essential than that doctorate you are doing and that master's you are doing or that other book you are reading? Then try and learn what it means to cultivate faith. And it's not just by head knowledge, it is by practice. That is what we, how we know what it means to cultivate faith and we learn it in our lives. And that's why Jesus said, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. You see, everything we have been knowing means nothing unless we do them. So we need to know what it means to cultivate faith and let the word of God teach us. It says in Conflict and Courage, page 31, paragraph 5, with the word of God in his hands, every human being wherever his lot in life may be cast may have such company as he shall choose end of quote so that means it's left with us to make our choice of what company we want to keep and having made that company it will help us to either learn to exercise faith or not so let us see from the word of god and some examples of cultivation of faith Looking at the example we used yesterday in the book of Luke chapter 5, reading from verse 4 to 7, it says, Now when he Jesus had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their nets break, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships, so that they began to sink. Amen. Here we we'll learn what it means to have faith. Peter saying to Jesus, Nevertheless, at thy word, you see, the word of God is key to exercising faith. In Romans 10, verse 17, we are told that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You cannot exercise faith in my word. You cannot exercise faith in another person's word. Faith only comes when we exercise it on God's word. What does that mean? That means you simply hear what God says. Trust it. Believe it. In that trust, do it. Don't believe yourself. Don't believe the tools you have. Peter was not believing in his net, neither was he believing the science of the world that fishes come out in the daytime or in the night or all those things was no more. Peter was simply believing the word that told him, let down your net. He only let down the net because of the person who told him to let it down. He was trusting the person and the word was trusted because of the person it came from. Don't trust my word or any human being's word. It must be God's word that you trust. The word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord is what we should trust. And why are we trusting it? Because of the person. The word is trusted because of he who said it. It was because it was Jesus who told him to let down his net that he trusted and he let down the net. If it was not Jesus and he put it into the sea and say, and the human being came and told him, see, don't worry, just let down your net. You'll see, You'll catch the fish now. And he let down in net. nothing will come he won't get no fish it was because it was jesus who told him to let it down that was why that word had power the bible tells us in the book of hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 for the word of god is quick and powerful and sharper than any to edged Do you know that the word of God is powerful? It was the word of God that made the heavens and the earth. Psalms 33 verse 6. By the word of God were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. Verse 9. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and stood fast. Take some time and think about that. This whole universe, the sun and the moon and the stars in which th- that surround us. What does the bible say? In the fourth day, we are told, he made the stars also. Do you know how big the stars are? And the vast space of the universe that they cover. And that was just made by a spoken word. He just said, let there be light. Let the sun come out and let the moon. And then they were made. This vast universe. And some people stumble at this. They find it hard to believe that it was only in six days that all these things were made. They limit God. They don't trust him. Do you believe six days alone and the Lord made the heavens and the earth and all that in them is in only six days that is the power of God's word we also read in the book of Isaiah 55 reading from verse 10 for as the rain cometh down on the snow from heaven and returneth not thither But watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. Do you trust God's word? God says that the word he speaks, that it is powerful, that the word itself will accomplish what he has sent it to do and it will do what he pleases that the word he speaks will never come to him void we must understand what it means to trust the word you see we are given the commandments of God and that is what we are trying and striving to obey and if we can obey it then it will be said of us that we are like Enoch that we please God these same commandments were given to the Israelites, but they stumbled at it. But why? Why was it that they couldn't keep the commandments? Let, let's read it. Hebrews 4. Let's read from verse 1. It says, Let us therefore fear, lest our promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Amen. The people of Israel, the Jews, it didn't profit them. The word of God had no profit in their life. Why? It was not mixed with faith. That was the reason. When we hear, we ought to mix what we hear with faith. It says it was not mixed with faith of them that heard it. What does it mean to mix the word of God with faith when we hear it? It means that we trust that word. Don't trust your own ability because you cannot keep God's commandments. Do not trust the commandment itself because the commandment cannot help you to keep it. Trust God. There is a motivation. There is a difference between someone trying to keep the commandments of God of his own strength, thinking that he can do it, and somebody who is trying to do it like Peter. Why? He's trusting the person who asked him to do it let's look at another example and we'll come back to understanding what it means to mix the word with faith you know we just read now that when we hear if we don't mix it with faith we will not be able to obey we must learn to mix the word of God with faith after we have heard it then we will have the obedience so let us look at another example of what it means to mix with faith we look at the example of the man who was blind in the book of John 9. Reading from verse 1, it says, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, Master, who did sin, the man on his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus, of course, explained to them it was not about sin. Now, verse 6 says, When he had thought spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go, in the pool of Siloam which is by interpretation sent. He went his way and therefore and washed. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. Amen. This is an example of simple faith and obedience. If that man had gone to wash in River Jordan, he will not get his, eye, his eyesight. He only got it because he obeyed what he was told to do. Jesus put spittle and clay in his eyes. Was it the spittle and clay that gave him his healing? Try it. Go and put spittle and clay in anybody's eyes and you'll find out that they won't see. The man trusted the word. He trusted Jesus and he trusted what Jesus told him to do which was go and wash and he did what he was supposed to do. Trusting God, he did it and then he got his eyesight. That is an example of mixing the word of God with faith. To mix God's word with faith simply means what we have been saying since, trusting the person who spoke. Now let us apply that to the commandments of God. God says thou thou shalt not steal, do you trust him that he can give you the ability? You don't trust yourself but trust the word. He who said "Ah, thou shalt not steal, do you believe that that word is powerful? If that word is powerful then it can work in you that you will not steal, it can work in me that I will not steal. I need to believe the word. I need to trust he who has spoken, that he will give me the power. Since he said it, I need to mix his word with faith. Receive that word, trust the word, then believe in the word i will exercise faith on that word that it is powerful enough to do what it says if it says to me that you will not steal i need to believe that i will not steal and if the word works in me i indeed will not steal one other potent example of what it means to live by faith is found in the book of matthew if you read the book of matthew chapter 15 these are two examples i'll read now of great faith One of them is Matthew 15, verse 22, talking about the Syrophoenician woman. It says, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts, and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cried after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour amen she said the dogs eat from the crumbs and that was made, what made Jesus to say oh woman great is thy faith to so Jesus is saying that what this woman did here is an example of great faith but what was it she did she was persistent she believed that Jesus's word had power to save Jesus did not come to her home to heal his daughter. The daughter was not even there from what I can see. Jesus simply said, Go thy way. And that moment, because she believed in that word that said, Go thy way, her daughter was healed. She was not expecting Jesus to come to her house. She was not expecting Jesus to do any other uh, incantation or something. She just needed to hear the word. And she did not hear, Thy daughter be healed what Jesus said was go thy way that's what he said he said great is thy faith; be it unto thee as thou wilt finish that is whatever you want to happen let it be since you have faith in me whatever you believe I can do that's what it is and what does she believe Jesus can do that Jesus can cast out the devils you see God will not work with us except to the extent that we exercise faith in him based on his word now you cannot exercise faith on what he has not said or what he cannot do jesus cannot lie now this woman exercised faith to the extent that she believed that jesus could cast out the demons and jesus said since that's what you believe then let it be unto you how about you what do you believe do you believe that god can make you like enoch do you believe that he can make you not to be a thief anymore do you believe that he can make you to stop committing adultery As your faith is, so be it unto you. Do you believe that God can help you to keep the Sabbath day holy? As your faith is, so be it unto you. That is what it is. Do you have the faith to believe that he can help? If you have that faith, then so be it unto you. Another example is in the book of Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8, reading from verse 5. Says, And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another, Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Verse 13, And Jesus said unto the centurion, go thy way the same thing he told the other woman go thy way and as thou hast believed so be done unto thee and his servant was healed in the same hour hmm. the same thing has happened again go thy way this woman the syrophoenician woman and the centurion what did they believe what do they have in common they believed that god's word in loan was able to do the work The centurion made it clear to Jesus, I don't expect you to come to my home and I don't even want you to come. I'm not worthy. All I want to hear is your word, just your word and I will exercise faith on that word and I know that that word is powerful enough to do what it says remember what we read in isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11. remember what we read in hebrews 4 verse 12 that the word of god is powerful and that word itself can do what god wants it to do god's hands doesn't need to do anything it was that word that created the heavens and um, and the earth can that word transform you do you have the faith in god's word that it can help you that it can work in you that is what it means to exercise faith to trust god's word that that Word is powerful enough to work in you to do what it says and then depend on that same Word to do what it says. What are you depending on? What was Peter depending on when he put that net into the sea? Was he depending on the net? The net had already failed him. Was he depending on the sea itself? He said we have been trying to catch fish all night. He wasn't depending on the sea. So what was Peter depending on when he put that net into the sea? He was depending on the Word. What was the blind man depending on when he went to wash his eyes in the pool of siloam? He was depending on the word. What was the centurion depending on? That it is this thing that will help me. I'm depending on this thing. This is what's going to help me. He was depending on the word. What are you depending on when you are trying to keep God's commandments? Are you depending on yourself? It will fail you. Depend on the word. Don't depend on yourself depend on the word in other words try to keep the commandments not because not by virtue of the power in you but by virtue of he who has spoken mix it with faith hear the commandments saying to you thou shalt have no other gods before me and then understand that it is not in my power to do it but hear it and receive it and say he who has said i should do this this word has power to walk in me not to have any other god and then in that belief go thy way Go thy way in that belief and then do what you are told to do. When you do it, then you'll get the result. The man who was 35 years crippled and Jesus came to meet him and said, Rise up, take up thy bed and walk. He could have said, Can't you see why my leg is not good? Heal me first and then I'll rise up. But that was not what he said. He attempted. He did what God asked him to do, which was to arise. So you too, you are dead in your sins, crippled. You cannot walk. Today, God is telling you, rise up. Keep my commandments. Why will you do it when you have been trying for many years and you cannot even keep it? What is the point in trying again? There is a difference now. The person who is talking to you, his word has power. Receive his word. Don't trust your crippled life your crippled legs. You cannot keep God's commandments by yourself. You have failed so many times. You are just like that crippled man. You cannot walk. But now, you have to understand that the person who is talking to you is God. And he is telling you, keep my commandments. He is not telling you to go your way and do it by yourself. Trust that word that has told you to do it and believe in that word that he who has said it will also give you power to do it. Then make the attempt again and you will find out by that power in his word, you will be able to do it. But guess what? If you stop trusting God's word like Peter, you will sink. But as far as we are continuing to live in simple trust and obedience, we will not sink. That is what it means to have faith. Now how about presumption? It's very important for us to know the difference between faith and presumption. We are not to exercise faith on something God has not said. If you exercise faith on something God has not said, you will get terrible results. You must exercise faith on what He has said. When we read Our High Calling, page 95, paragraph 2, it says, There are those who recklessly place themselves in scenes of danger and peril, and expose themselves to temptations, out of which it will require a miracle of God to bring them unharmed and untainted. These are presumptuous acts with which God is not pleased. Satan's temptation to the savior of the world to cast himself from the pinnacle of the temple was firmly met and resisted. The arch enemy quoted the promise of God as security that Christ might with safety do this on the strength of the promise. Jesus met the temptation with scripture. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. In the same way, Satan urges men into places where God does not require them to go, presenting scripture to justify his suggestions. The precious promises of God are not given to strengthen man in a presumptuous course or for him to rely upon when he rushes needlessly into danger. We are required as children of God to maintain the consistency of our Christian character. We should exercise prudence, caution and humility and walk circumspectly towards them that are without. Yet, we are not in any case to surrender principle. End of quote. Do you remember yesterday what we read about Enoch? Enoch did not place himself in Sodom presumptuously that say, "Oh, the Lord will deliver me. So we also are not to place ourselves in danger thinking, Oh, the Lord will give me strength through faith to overcome. You will be surprised. You will not be able to overcome. While we have faith, we are to do what we are supposed to do, which is still faith. Obey God's word. If God tells you that we should stay away from evil places, in faith stay away. It is not fit for you to then go to places where you will be tempted. When Jesus tells us, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill his lust, and you are doing things to allow your flesh to fulfill your lust, you are not living by faith because you are not obeying. Faith and obedience goes together. You cannot claim to have faith and you are disobeying. Faith is mean, meaning, that, meaning that we obey God's word, trusting him and what he has said is important for us. Continuing the reading, it says, Our only safety is in giving no place to the devil, for his suggestions and purposes are ever to injure us and hinder us from relying upon God. He transforms himself into an angel of purity that he may, through his specious temptations, introduce his devices in such a manner that we may not discern his wiles. The more we yield, the more powerful will will be his deceptions over us. It is unsafe to controvert or to parley with him. For every advantage we give the enemy, he will claim more. Our only safety is to reject firmly the first insinuation to presumption. God has given us grace through the merits of Christ, sufficient to withstand Satan, and be more than conquerors. Resistance is success. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Another thing talking about presumption now, reading from our father cares page 131 it says the work of faith means more than we think it means genuine reliance upon the naked word of God Hmm. this is what I've been saying since genuine reliance you're just depending on God's word to help you do the word and you're depending on it to also keep you in obedience I'll read on it says, By our actions, we are to show that we believe that God will do just as he has said. What does that remind you of? Enoch, Hebrews 11 verse 6. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that means that God exists, and that he, God, is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you are not believing that the Lord will reward you for doing what he asks you to do, you will not attempt to obey you must believe that God will do what he said he would do. Continue the reading. The wheels of nature and providence are not appointed to roll backward, not to stand still. We must have an advancing working faith, a faith that works by love and purifies the soul from every vestige of selfishness. It is not self but God that we must depend upon. This is what I've been saying. It is not self we are depending on. You don't have the ability. Depend on God. Well, how do we depend on God? Depend on His Word. We must not cherish unbelief. We must have that faith that takes God at His Word. True faith consists in doing just what God has enjoined, not manufacturing things He has not enjoined. Justice, truth, mercy are the fruit of faith. We need to walk in the light of God's law. Then good works will be the fruit of our faith the proceeds of a heart renewed every day the tree must be made good before the fruit can be good we must be wholly consecrated to god our will must be made right before the fruit can be good we must have no fitful religion whatsoever you do do all to the glory of god 1 corinthians 10 verse 31 oh what a field is open before me Our people must have the deep working of the Spirit of God every day. They must have a faith that works by love, a faith that emanates from God. There must not be a thread of selfishness drawn into the fabric. When our faith works by love, just such a love as Christ revealed in his life, it will be a firm texture. It will be the fruit of a will subdued. But not until self dies can Christ live in us not until self dies can we possess a faith that works by love and purifies the soul Amen so here it is brothers and sisters what it means to live by faith this was the life that Enoch lived and that is the life we are to live by faith Enoch walked with God and he was translated and no man saw him again because he had a testimony that he pleased God and we are encouraged today that we can please God But how is it done? By faith. Trusting the naked word of God. We are not to manufacture things to trust upon. We are to trust the naked word of God that he has enjoined, not the one that he has not enjoined. So take your word, take the Bible, trust the word. Depend on that word, on the naked word. Whatever situation you find yourself, whatever struggle you're having, don't attempt to keep the commandments in your strength, but tell yourself the next time you attempt it, Lord, I don't have any strength in me, but thou hast said that I should not do this or that. I believe that you have the power in your words to help me. I'm going to attempt to do your will, not because I've seen any strength in myself because I've tried so many times and it's not working, but because you asked me to do it. And I am believing that you who have said I should do it that your word is powerful it is your word that created the heavens and the earth and if i allow your word to come in me it will also help me to do what you have said i should do you see when it comes to creation god doesn't need your permission he creates without your permission but when it comes to redemption god's word it only can work except you allow it to work in you we have a choice to either allow god's word to work in us or not and that is what we should do like Enoch we must have God's word in our hands and have communion with him 300 years Enoch kept on having communion with God day by day he had a closer union with him by faith until he was taken and the encouragement for us is that this experience of Enoch can be ours we can also please God and the secret is in simple trust that is the secret Perfect trust, that perfect trust that doesn't doubt. You hear God's word telling you do this. But the problem is that many times we see consequences, consequences that we think is going to be the result of keeping God's word. And because of that, we don't do it. We are we we can't move forward. Trust God. Don't worry about those consequences your brain is manufacturing. God will manage it. Obey, don't tell lies, tell the truth. You are thinking that oh, if I tell the truth, this is going to be the negative consequence. You are mistrusting God. Trust God. Have perfect trust in Him. Is it true that there is going to be a negative experience? Yes, it may be so. Sometimes it may not be so. But trust God nevertheless. That whatever the result is, is going to be good for me. He's going to manage it. Don't be afraid. Have that perfect trust in God. Though He slay me, still will I trust Him. Whether in the fire, whether in the hot boiling oil, whether kneeling on the cross, whether in prison. I will still trust God. That should be our motto. Simple, perfect trust that leads to obedience. But when we begin to distrust, we will not obey. May God help us to cultivate this faith. I just pray that all these words that has been spoken, that the Lord will touch our hearts and explain it to us in better ways than I have said so that we can understand what it means to have that simple trust that will lead to obedience on God's word that we may walk with God and that the testimony may be said of us that we please God. May that be our experience. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Father in heaven, please forgive us our sins. Forgive us for unbelief. Forgive us for doubting your word. We have not learned fully what it means to trust in God, to trust in your word. Please teach us better than what I have said, what it means to have that faith that walks by love, and purifies the soul. That simple trust that will lead to obedience. Teach us Lord what it means. For our whole Christian experience is dependent on this matter. Help us Lord and all of us who are listening to grow, to learn, to live by faith. In Jesus name of pray. Amen.